Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey there, it's your friendly neighborhood host, Sean. This is The Soul Forge. Welcome to my show. So glad you made it. Got a special treat for you this week. I told you we were going to have some fun and exciting episodes coming up, and this one is no exception. Nothing dark, nothing depressing, no dramatic childhood memories, nothing of the sort this week. This week's episode is an interview with a writer. That's right, an author. Somebody who writes books, stories, and you're going to hear from him today. That's right. We've been following each other on Twitter for quite a while, and he's listened to uh, both the Soul Forge and the Rusted Robot podcast for a while, and uh, we finally had a chance to have a conversation the other night, and I think it was a great conversation, and I think you'll like it too. Have you ever wanted to be a writer? Have you ever thought about it? Even entertained the idea in a slight manner? Well, tonight you're going to hear about Daniel, Dan, Danny Boy, and his struggles, his inspirations, all the good stuff, everything that comes with it when you want to be a writer and get your creativity out into the world. Before we start, I've got a future shout-out. Darlene discovers the podcast in 2019, sometime in the summer when she's uh, on her vacation from school, and she finds the podcast, and it inspires her, or I should say it will inspire her, to change her major and do what she really loves. No holding back. Be the person she wants to be. Darlene, we're proud of you, and one day I'd love to have you on the podcast. For those of you who are new to the podcast, that's a little feature that I put in every once in a while. Future shoutouts. I imagine that somebody has discovered the podcast sometime in the future, and I'm just acknowledging them. It's a thing. Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to uh, drop us right into the middle of a conversation with Daniel Hitch, the fantastic author, and I hope you really enjoy this episode. Here goes. As far as writing is concerned, I've always been interested in writing from an early age. When it was uh, primary school or junior or elementary school, I think it's called, I would always sort of entertain the teachers by making up stories in our English class, uh, whether it would be um, making up a silly story about a dragon or something like that. And, you know, it would generally get a laugh or it would get some sort of reaction. So I enjoyed doing it and I carried on doing it. I would always write in my spare time and that just sort of carried on throughout my childhood but then I kind of drifted away from it because thinking you know I can't make a career of that I couldn't do anything I couldn't pay the bills uh you know you always have that kind of thing drummed into you that you know you need to get a proper job and all that kind of thing right um so it was always there it was always something I did but it wasn't really anything I thought I could turn into a profession to, to pay the bills with so I sort of I focused on uh what I enjoyed at school um so uh, history um uh, philosophy, uh, those sorts of topics, so I could sort of keep that creative aspect and also the the learning aspect, so writing stories based on things that I knew from history or what have you, or philosophy lessons. So I sort of kept that going as well, but I sort of drifted away from from writing as, as any kind of, anything more than a pipe dream. 
Um, okay. And uh, did you did you read a lot of books? Did you? Sure, sure. Um, the the big books that I wrote, uh, I read. Um, the first things that I read were sort of sci- were science fiction. So that again sort of pushed me into loving the science fiction that I grew up with, the Star Treks and, and what have you. But uh, the two books that I read first were um, H.G. Wells' The Time Machine ah, and H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds because they were part of a, a two-book collection. So you, you had the two it one after the other. And I, I just loved the art, the, the cover art that was on the front. Um, I didn't really know who H.G. Wells was. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, and I think I was only eight or nine when I when I read it. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, really. I mean, I just found it on a shelf. I was drawn by... The, it was a picture of Big Ben sort of in flames and in tatters with the big tripod machine behind it, um, sort of shooting a laser beam towards uh, towards London. And it was just... It just it got to me. I don't know why. It just sort of drew me in. Uh, and from there, just carried on reading uh, science fiction and, and just anything I could sort of absorb. Uh, the invi- I went through the whole catalogue of H.G. Wells, The Invisible Man... Oh, just anything. Uh, Jules Verne, anything I could find. I just went through all the classics. And, and they, they were classics. they were voracious uh, writers, weren't they? They were quite oh, a bit. Incredible. I mean, when you think of uh, when you think of all of uh, Jules Verne, and he was talking about you know, uh, launching men to the moon, and he was talking about you know submarines, and he was talking about technology that you hadn't seen, but was only twenty years away, or in the case of the moon, it was only you know sixty or seventy years away. It's incredible just to think they just imagined it, and there it is. It's you know it's part of our history now. Just unbelievable. So it, it inspired you, and uh, definitely, definitely, of course, of course. I, I read all a lot of that stuff. Probably not as many things as you did, but uh, <laughs> when when I was younger, I, I thought about being a writer as well. But I, I didn't keep up with it. I did. I didn't. Uh, I wrote poetry back in university to impress girls. But and I, and I enjoyed the poetry and all of the the soul forge. I've enjoyed it. Oh, good. Thank you. I haven't put a, a lot in lately, but uh, I'll do more eventually. Um, yes. What else? Uh, so I thought about writing, and I, I could just never motivate myself to do it. How did How did you find the motivation to go ahead and actually stick with it? Um. <laughs> well, most recently, it's been more of a financial decision. Uh, knowing that I had something that I could do, I can write. Uh, and I have written and because I took the decision to be a stay-at-home dad um, I also had now the time to do it Um, so that was always the thing that um, if I I felt like I had a few stories in me something to tell um, and I just I I decided that I needed to create uh, some sort of source of income using that aspect of me so that's what sort of keeps me going at the moment but as far as writing throughout my life and what's kept me going to it is that those he- those ideas those things just keep popping in my head mm-hmm. and i kind of have to get them out of there because oh, yeah. it, it distracts it just distracts from everything else that you're doing because otherwise you'll just be you know you'll have to you know go to the, the local shop and get some some you know food or whatever for you for the day but as you're going through those monotonous things these things keep popping in your head and mm-hmm. they're distracting you from all the stuff you're supposed to get done um so i just needed to sort of get it out and just by physically typing keys on a keyboard it just kind of is cathartic it just gets you out of of that headspace ah, um, i think i do it to stop myself from going insane <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah yeah i can understand that because I'm, I'm always i'm always full of ideas 
but I never, like I said, had the discipline or the ambition or whatever it was to actually sit down and do the thing. So I do podcasts instead because it's it's still a creative outlet. It's not actually writing, but okay. So you are a stay-at-home dad. Yes. And how long have you been doing that for? Uh, Since about uh, 2013. Yeah, February 2013. So it's coming up on five years now. Jeez, wow. Um, Okay. Yeah, I used to work up in London, um, part of the uh, Foreign Office, um, Foreign and Commonwealth Office. Um, it was a job that uh, I sort of fell into. Uh, a friend of a friend of the family uh, knew that they were recruiting, so he kind of put my name forward. Um, the Foreign Office, I don't know if, if you're aware, just sort of deals with passports, um, supporting embassies around the world, that sort of thing. So that's all the government sort of paperwork aspect of running all the embassies around the world and, and sort of protecting its citizens around the world that kind of thing it sounds exciting uh, it, it's it's very exciting for the people doing all of the frontline stuff i was the guy with the rubber stamp just stamping oh <laughs> okay <laughs> i was the pencil pusher so you know there's nothing really uh, amazing about me uh, in that aspect but i you know i had the proper job mm-hmm. i had the thing that you know your parents always tell you you're supposed to do you know have that the, the proper job, the office job, and do everything else as a fallback, you know. Um, and I thought, yeah, I've got it. I've got my career now. This is what I'll stay in until I have to retire, and then I can, you know, go on a cruise for the rest of my retirement. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't kind of work out that way. Uh, <laughs> 2008 happened, and the financial crisis kind of hit uh, everything. Yes. Right. Pay freezes, everything just stopped, and uh, wages weren't sort of increasing with the inflation rates and what have you, and the cost of commuting into London was too much, and it just became more than what I could earn each month to stay working in London. Oh. And it actually made more sense where my wife was a teacher, she had the career, she had the stability to just stop working in full time employment, get something local, get something part time and just sort of have that little extra trickle of money coming in to, to sort out the last niggly bits of bills hmm. and then stay at home and raise the kids, you know, and not have some stranger in the house dealing with it or sending the kids off to some stranger to, to raise the kids. I could do it myself. Oh, that works. Uh, yeah, uh, and it, it's been good. It's It's been fun because I've I've been able to stay in my kids' lives. Otherwise, you know, if I'd stayed with the foreign office, if I'd, you know, stuck it out and we'd been losing money, um, you know, we would have been in financial problems. I wouldn't probably have seen my kids as much as I have. Uh, I would have had to have worked all the hours under the sun just to sort of keep, you know, the dinner on the table kind of thing and would never have had the family life and then wouldn't have had uh, the chance to get to know you um, because I didn't discover podcasts until I stopped working in the foreign office and had the time to read and, you know, listen to podcasts and, and explore this kind of aspect. Well, it all worked out then. <laughs> exactly. So you see. <laughs> yeah, that's that's perfect. Okay. Uh, so, quick question: What is your writing routine? Do you have to sit down for a, like say four hours, or do you do with like a certain amount of word count, or do you just do it whenever you can? <laughs> I, a little bit of everything. <laughs> now, the idea is um, uh, whenever it's my day off and uh, I've dropped the kids off at school. I sit down with a coffee. I have uh, two little cookies on the side of my desk 
and I just look at the screen. <laughs> uh, basically, it's, it's whatever story has been stuck in my head that morning, I will start writing. Uh, so there's about six or seven saved stories on this computer that I just dip into. So if, it, if I've had like a, like a little epiphany about that one character, I'll delve in, write a, a few pages, even if I know it's going to be the middle of the story or the end of the story or halfway to the end of the story, I'll just write those pages, write what I know I want to happen in the story. Oh, whether okay. it stays there, whether it's actually something there, then hopefully that will sort of generate more content, that will generate more about, well, how did that character get to that point? How, what happens to them after? And, and so forth. But I kind of jump between stories all the time. Okay, so there's no, there's no method. <laughs> no, no specific plan, no specific method, and no. no specific actual book or story that you have to work on that day. It's just whatever exactly. spirit moves you. Exactly, exactly. It's it, wherever the coffee takes me. <laughs> <laughs> nice, okay. And do you do it for a certain amount of time or just till that uh, particular spurt of ideas are over? Pretty much. Um, I mean, there's uh, there's the cat here. Uh, she gets in the way. If she's sitting on the keyboard, I can't really do very much at the time. Um, it's it's whatever happens during the day. If there's, there's a knock on the door, that will break concentration. I usually find that, you know, take a five minutes and then come back to it. But I will just generally write until there's nothing left in my head or I kind of write myself into a corner. So if that means I do a solid six hours, that's great. That's a good day. Mm -hmm. A bad day is that I've written for maybe half an hour and then got nowhere and I'm just staring blankly at the screen and nothing happens. But I've always found just keep plugging at it, keep writing. Even if what you've written is wrong, I've always just carried on re-editing the next day or come back the next week and then re-edit it. Yeah. Uh, and then until even if, you know, the thing that I wrote last week isn't even there anymore and it's a completely different character, new scenario, everything's changed, at least I had something to work from. So, okay. so you no don't method, nothing no, no method, but, and you don't beat yourself, you don't beat yourself up over how much or how little you got done. You just do. No, no, no. I used to. I used to all oh. the time. I used to write and get this character and I think, oh, no, I've done it completely wrong and then throw away the idea, throw away the story and, and never even think about it again. But then the more I spoke to writers, the more I spoke to um, some of the artist friends that I have, photographers, um, actually a photographer and a friend of mine, um, I'll, I'll give her a plug, she's a Carla Guest, she's a wedding photographer here in Kent, uh, I used to go to school with her, and she would always talk about just constantly taking these pictures and, and constantly going on and getting more images, and um, it was all about, you know, take as much as you can and then pick the, your favourites or pick the best bits, uh, and so re-editing was um, what it was for writers. So you constantly write, 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 take your favorite bits and just focus on those bits uh, rather than um, thinking that everything has to be perfect straight away. Okay, that's, uh, that's good advice. Um, yeah. Okay, so how many books, stories, whatever, have you actually had published? Published, I have had four uh, short kids' books, uh, which are the Bubbles the Pirates books. Um, Bubbles the Pirate is a character my youngest, or well, my second son now, um, uh, inspired me to, to write. And I've also had one science fiction short story uh, called The Long Stay, or The Short Stay, sorry. Uh, the Long Stay is the next one. Um, the Short Stay uh, is uh, a science fiction story that I wrote as part of a competition called The X Prize uh, last year in 2017. 
which was rejected, didn't get very far in the competition, so I just sort of reworked it, tweaked it, and now it's sort of become this basis for hopefully a longer science fiction story that I hope to write. Ah, okay, and which which one did you dedicate to your podcasting buddies? That was the short stay. That was the science fiction one. Uh, it's my little homage to pretty much every podcast that I was listening to uh, from the moment I left the FCO with all my part-time jobs uh, when I discovered podcasts all the way up to publishing the book. Because when I was doing these sort of the menial, you know, the re- the retail jobs that everybody hates, mm-hmm. uh, I would stick my headphones in, get the job done, uh, get my head out of what I was doing and the, the monotony of you know filling the shelves with listening to these fantastic like podcasts and, and these funny conversations that everyone was having about science fiction whether it was Star Trek, whether it was general science fiction or comic books or what have you. You guys kind of saved my sanity. So I figured I owed it to you to write something science fiction-y about uh, something that I I found interesting, which is time travel, uh, and dedicate it to you guys. If you are loving this podcast, if you're loving this podcast, you should tell a friend about it. Spread the word about podcasts you think they would enjoy. There's something for everyone from entertainment and lifestyle to news and politics and more. Share it on social media. Believe it or not, some people don't know how great podcasts are or even how to find and listen to them. You can help change that with a click. Tell your friends about your favorite podcast. Thanks for spreading the word. Well, I like that idea a lot. How, how would I get a hold of this? I haven't been able to uh, read any of your stuff yet. Uh, yeah, this is the thing that I didn't understand. I, I've gone through Amazon Publishing. Um, when you're an Amazon Prime person, you get this sort of side aspect to it in that you can publish anything you like um, through the Amazon Publishing app. So you go through there, you upload all of your manuscripts, and you can publish as you want. You can create your own covers and then what have you. The way I read the small print is that it is all of the westernized countries, so USA, Britain, Canada... Um, and also Australia and and what have you, instantly get it, and then other countries kind of filtered through. Unfortunately, I don't think it applies to Canada. (laughs) Um, Of course. I think Canada is on something called Amazon.com International or something like that. Um, So it's not a Canadian website. You'd have to buy it through the American Amazon, Uh. and then it gets shipped to you. So that will be – so if it's a physical copy, you can't – get it to you in the normal way if it's the e-copy or the e-story uh, which all of the books are then you can get it straight to your kindle but that's the only way you could actually get hold of it in canada ah okay all right yeah I've, I've been wanting to uh, that track this my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they always have to have a lot of red tape eh? that's it that's it yeah i don't understand why canada why why you guys have a different thing and then america has a different thing and australia has its own baffling thing as well uh, just bizarre. Very much so. <laughs> I just want to sell my books. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. And do you have hard copies in your house? I have uh, a hard copy of the uh, Bubbles book. Um, I have yet to buy my own hard copy of the Short Stay. Um, I don't know why we haven't bought it yet. Actually, I, that reminds me. I think I need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's there's four Bubbles the Pirate books. There are. Uh, Bubbles the Pirate uh, is um, a, a short story or four short stories based around the life of Bubbles the Pirate uh, in a piratey world, um, experiencing life uh, at his school, his pirate school, uh, Phil Bean and Bart, learning all about life uh, through the sort of 
small adventures uh, and all these wacky characters that he meets. And it's something that I illustrated. I didn't actually think I could draw in any kind of shape or form, but my wife just said, why don't you do it rather than pay someone else to do it? Mm-hmm. So I thought, yeah, that's all right. Fair enough. I'll earn some more money that way. Um, and I so I did. Nice. That's <laughs> awesome. And have you, um, what would you call it? Have you gone on book tours? Have you done any book signings locally? Have Anything like that? I wish, but uh, there is something uh, called the Rochester uh, Literature Festival, uh, which happens once a year and I think is in its fifth or sixth year now, which I'm hoping to get into, uh, which Rochester is a, a local part of Medway. So you've got Rochester, Chatham and Gillingham, three little towns in Kent that have com- uh, kind of conglomerated into something called Medway. Rochester has its own literary art festival, but I think it's open to everybody. So I'm trying to get into that if I can, um, so I can sell my wares and, and plug my books. <laughs> well, for sure, yeah. And then you can uh, do autographed copies and, and sell to the local well, kids and all that it. stuff. You know, I need to get my people to talk to them and, and you know. <laughs> my people will call your people and all that yeah, exactly. stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, do you have any favorite authors? H.G. Uh, Wells. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of uh, the kids' books and the things that inspired me for Bubbles, it's got to be Roald Dahl. Um, ah, Roald yes. Dahl is, 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 is the master. You, you can't go any further than that. Um, fantastic Mr. Fox. I wasn't actually a fan of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I was actually a fan of the sequel, which is uh, Charlie and the Glass Elevator. Ah, okay. That's my favourite one. Um, everyone goes to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They forget that there was this sequel, which is this mad idea that they go into space in the glass elevator with all of Charlie's family, uh, and they meet all the different monsters that get mentioned that attack the Oompa Loompas and all this sort of thing. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy, but everyone seems to forget it exists, and I don't know why. I didn't know uh, about it. It's definitely my, fav- it's definitely my favourite one. I, still think, I think there's still a copy in my parents' house somewhere. Oh, jeez. Okay. But... Yeah, definitely him. Roald Dahl. Okay. Uh, let's see, what else can I ask you here? Um, do you have any advice for aspiring writers? <gasps> Ooh, well, I am an aspiring writer. <laughs> I've, only done, I've only done five books. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's the editing thing. It definitely is that. Every single person, even when you listen to uh, people who make movies and things in all their documentaries, um, Kevin Smith says it all the time just you know write 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 then edit that's the trick that's okay. the thing. Just, don't just stop because it, it's sort of reached an impasse in your head just get whatever's in your head onto a piece of paper or write it on your computer then re-edit and re-edit and re-edit until you polish the diamond uh, i think is how he said it okay well that's, that's really good advice so don't edit as you go along just get it all out there and edit yep. later yeah, don't listen to me, listen to Kevin Smith. <laughs> okay. okay, all right. And uh, anything that uh, you regret about choosing the writer's life? <laughs> Doesn't pay. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, it's, you know, you, you're only going to get paid if you can sell the books, if you can actually um, get more than the, the few uh, family members that you've emotionally blackmailed to okay. buy these books. Uh, to actually buy these things um so you know if you want to turn it into a career that makes you money and makes you fortune not everyone's jk rowling um so that's the that's it's not necessarily a regret it's just the reality of of being a writer but you 
yeah, you, you're always going to just write. If you're a writer, it's something you have to do. I think that's another thing I've picked up from other people mm. is that it's always in your head. So get it out. And if you can turn it into something you can you know, get some money, get some dosh from, so be it. If you get successful, even better. And do you feel successful or yeah, not really? Uh, more successful now than I was. Uh, much better than sitting in a darkened uh, student apartment uh, writing my fan fiction of Star Trek or something <laughs> where no one was reading it but me. Uh, at least, you know, uh, this way a handful of people have actually written, <laughs> have read what I've written. That's good. That's that's what you want. Then you just need that's, more. That's me, yeah. Oh, and also when your kid says, oh, Daddy, can I dress up as your character for book day? That, that's kind of nice. Well. Oh, that must make you smile, right? <laughs> that was nice, yeah. And then I said they don't sell the costumes yet in the shop, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right, right. Not yet. That's, that's the not best. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, yeah. yes, I'll tell him that. Yeah, not yet. Exactly. It, it, it might just take a little while, but uh, eventually, son, yeah, all my stuff yes. is going to be in the stores. 50 years time, you know, Bubbles the Pirate will be ahead of its time and everyone will revere it, but not right now. <laughs> Wait for the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, the movie, yeah. Gotta get those movie rights. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, what, what else did I want to ask you? I want to ask you one more thing. Um, oh, yes. Plug yourself. Uh, where can people find you? Do you have a website? Uh, I know you're on Twitter. Tell us all the places that you can be reached. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, what else? Uh, <laughs> I'm on. Oh, uh, there's the the Kick app. Um, it's a sort of a chat app. Uh, I have little chat rooms for all the different things. So there's a Bubbles one. There's a uh, the Connected Worlds Chronicles, which is the short stay and, and future books in that series. Um, yeah, on Twitter, uh, I am. Uh, this is a highly invented name at Hitch underscore Daniel. So you know. I, I took a long time thinking of that name. Uh, I'll bet. Um, <laughs> there's also uh, Twitter accounts for Bubbles himself. Uh, he, he tweets every now and then, uh, sometimes in verse. Uh, and uh, on Instagram, I am Hitch underscore Daniel underscore writer, because apparently there's quite a lot of Daniel Hitches who are artists, uh, and so I need to di differentiate myself from them. Um, who else am I? <laughs> there's also the Bubbles page, and there's also the Connected Chronicles page on Facebook as well, if they want to like and subscribe. Uh, well, you know what you'll have to do? You'll have to share those to the Soulforge Podcast Facebook page, so then I can share them from there. Or, or, just, send, or just send me in a private message, whatever. And we'll, we'll do. Get, we'll get them shared. <laughs> yes, will do. Fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Thanks for uh, coming on to the Soulforge podcast, and good luck in all your future endeavors. Thank you. All right, and that was Daniel Hitch. Great, great conversation that I had with him. We actually talked for quite a bit longer than what you hear on this episode. We talked about Star Trek Discovery and podcasting and life in the UK and traveling and all kinds of good stuff. One of these days, I'm going to have to meet all my uh, British buddies that I've met through podcasting. Can't wait. That'll be an episode in itself one day in the future. Hey, would you like to be on the podcast? Why don't you send me an email, soulforgepodcast at gmail.com, or you can just tweet me, soulforgepod. I would love to hear your stories, and I'm sure our audience would love to as well. You have something amazing that you did? Some horrible truth that you feel like you need to get out there? Hey, the Soulforge podcast is all about experiences, learning, sharing, exploring who we are as people. And I'd love it if you would care to share with me. 
Anyway, that's it for this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, come back next week for something also equally intriguing and exciting, and we never know what it's going to be. That's the beauty of the Soul Forge. It's always a surprise. So until next time, thank you for stopping by. I hope you join the Facebook page. And remember, success is not built on success. It's built on failure. It's built on frustration. Sometimes it's built on catastrophe. This has been another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast. Contact the show by emailing soulforgepodcast at gmail.com or by tweeting soulforgepod on Twitter. Visit us at soulforgepodcast.com and remember the best way to show your support is by leaving a five-star review in the iTunes store. And if you would, please check us out and like us on Facebook. The Soul Forge Podcast was written, produced, scored, edited, engineered, and directed by Sean Vanderloo. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. For more great content, you can listen to my other podcast, The Rusted Robot. Thanks for stopping by The Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit. I could do this all day. This has been a Valley of Vanderloo podcast production, all rights reserved. This transmission ends. <laughs>